Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. And we're back. Uh, so joining me uh, again for part two of our one-on-one uh, interview is our very own uh, Pierre Pritchard. Uh, listeners, I hope you have had the opportunity to go and download and listen uh, to part one. Um, we we went through uh, quite quite a number of uh, different topics, uh, in, including Pierre's remarkable uh, sporting career. So uh, it's definitely worth a listen. If you have missed that, um, go back and check it out. It'll be available on all of our platforms. As I welcome in uh, Pierre, excited to be here. Happy to tell us a little bit more about your remarkable uh, career and journey. Oh, thanks, Dan, for having me back. The yes. first question I've got for you off the top is, um, and we touched on this a little bit uh, in the previous podcast, but can you tell us a little bit about your career and studies away from sport? So just, yeah, start us through all the way back from when you, um, yeah, when, when you first started your, your first job and, and all the way to now. Tell us a little bit about your career. Yeah, so um, I started off in good old Maccas, so back in the day when... Love it, love it. I'm sure everyone else, I'm sure most people out there can relate, so got my was, first job at Maccas. I was Hungry Jacks, but, you know, I, oh, I feel you, I feel same, you. Same, same. <laughs> um, yeah, so started off at Maccas, did that for, you know, my youth year, so, you know, 14 and nine months I was in there and then went from there into the re- retail sect in... Um, working for Target, and then went from Target to working for a local business, and um, the local business was my stepfather owned a mobile shop, so I was selling mobile phones, cell phones, shop front for a little bit to earn a bit of pocket money for my high school years. And then went from there into, um, I actually forgot to mention in the last episode that um, straight after high school, so I did, um, you know, work at Target and my stepdad's uh, business. I forgot to mention that between the ages of 18 to 20, 21, I actually lived in Germany. Whoa. So. Okay, listeners, you've heard it here. First breaking news. Um, Pierre, yeah, let, let's, let's dig into that a little bit. You lived in Germany. Yeah, so after HSC, um, funny story, uh, all of my friends during our HSC thought it would be really cool to get online and um, put up, like, profiles for host families to be a nanny. So there was, like, five of us. We went through, we all ended up getting families and none of them followed through but me. (laughs) (laughs) So I ended up following through because I felt really bad because I, you know, set up interviews and set up, like, um, times to meet up with them on Skype back then and then um yeah got matched up with a couple of families that sounded really cool and they sounded like myself that we sounded like we could get along and then um yeah finished my HSC in December uh, of that year and um and sorry November that year and then the first the first day of uh New Year's, I was on a plane to Germany. That is remarkable. So, now, now I'm, I'm trying to reflect back on my year seven German English, uh, German class, uh, where <laughs> I really, really struggled just because, um, yeah, it was it was completely foreign to me. But did you did you have any 
any understanding of the German language. Um, how did you get yourself prepared? Uh, yeah, tell, tell us about it. Oh, my God, I had no no background in German whatsoever. I went over there with the mindset of, you know, speaking English. Everyone's going to speak English, like, as if they wouldn't. It's a worldwide language, like, and I got there and no one spoke an ounce of bloody English. Like, <laughs> it was, I was literally just, and I went there in the middle of, I went there in smack bang in the little middle of winter, and it was their coldest winter at the time. And I rocked up in true Aussie form, rocked up in thongs, can't go wrong with the habbies, came off so the plane in Berlin with habbies and a jumper, pair of denim jeans, and that was it. And I've never, ever felt the cold in my, on my, in my toes as much as I did then when I came off the plane. So went there, didn't know any German. I actually learned German while, while I was there, so I was taking classes as well as learning with, like, everyday things. Um, and, yeah, I was a nanny to um, a gorgeous four-year-old girl and a six-year-old boy who are now, um, believe it or not, Aaliyah is now 18 Wow. And um, Greta is now six, I think she's 16, 17 now. So insane, insane. Oh, that's excellent. And what, what was your, what was your highlight? Um, yeah. During your, during your travel, were you, were you able to sort of travel and do a little bit of Europe while you're in Germany or predominantly just sort of stay there? Yeah, no, I did a little bit. I went down to Switzerland, um, went down to Switzerland and, went over to Poland for a little bit, did a lot of Germany itself, um, but uh, had to come back later years, obviously, when I was visiting family and friends um, in Europe. I ended up doing the rest of Europe, but in that time frame of like one and a half to two years straight after uh, high school, I was predominantly in Germany. Went down to Prague actually for a little bit as well. So, yeah, it was great. Um, definitely the highlight of my younger years, learned a lot. Learned how to speak German, which is a plus. I don't use it now, but, you know, maybe one day I'll be able to use it somewhere. Um, and, yeah, I was a nanny for them for the for the two, for the the two year and a half to two years. So, yeah, it was great. No, that's Amazing. A, that's Amazing a, time. That's an incredible, incredible experience. And, um, yeah, just the bravery too. And like you said, you, you were the only one that sort of went through with it. So to have the bravery to go over to a foreign country um, with no – uh, yeah, no understanding of the language and, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, remarkable. So, um, so you come back, so you come back to Australia. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit, um, more about, yeah, wh- where your career took you from there. Yeah. So came back, um, originally before going to Germany, I had gotten into uni, got into Macquarie Uni for international studies. And I obviously had to defer that because I'd spent, um, like more than a year over abroad. So came back and then um, did more travelling actually around Australia with my German friends. They came over. We travelled up north um, to Queensland, came back down around through Melbourne up to Perth and then came back to Sydney. Um, Did that for a good year and then decided that I wanted to study um, design. And at that time I was at Newcastle Uni. So did a foundation course there because I wanted to do architecture then didn't really like it so I then entered I then started I then submitted sorry um my portfolio to a design school and ended up studying a, a B 
BA in fashion design, but I majored in branding. So, we, so and, and, and I've got to jump in. So for all our listeners out there, you know, I think everyone's told like, you know, you come out of school and you've got to know what you want to do and that's just not the case that that just doesn't happen. So, um, yeah, for those, for those who are out there stressing about, yeah, what am I going to do with my life? I think most of us still ask ourselves that question, uh, most days. So yeah, uh, it was, it was definitely, cool. it was cool that you, you, you tried it out. So, um, yeah, tell it, tell us more about this, um, this design path that you went on. Yeah. I decided to do design, um, something very late that I discovered while I was in Germany. Um, you know, coming from a big Islander background, um, my parents were very hard on trying to get into uni for something that I guess every other parent would want, either it was to become a doctor, a nurse, a lawyer. And I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to do any of that or a businesswoman. So my pop would say, um, and that just never really phased me. So really like the, um, the creative side of where I was staying, like they were really artsy and really liked it. And my family was quite artsy as well, my host family in Germany. So when I came back, I thought I would definitely um, do a design course of some type. When I did, um, when I when I registered for this design school, it was just a foundation course for every kind of design. So you look at urban design, environmental design, architecture, interior design, fashion design, graphic design. So it covered, like, all aspects of design. And then after your first year, you can then start um, specialising. And then that's when I've gone into fashion because, obviously, I really liked, I loved fashion at the time. Not that I don't love it now, but at the time that was my, um, that was my thing. I really loved it. So, yeah, then decided to do that for the three years for my uni degree. And then after that, um, was fortunate enough to work with Universal Studios in their um, design uh, design team. They did all the um, the uh, you know all the bands and whatnot for Big W and Target, yeah. the Ramones and all of that licensed branding. That's what it was. So I was in that team for six months, and then that's incredible. And, yeah, so that was like a spatter. I didn't expect to get that, to be honest, because it was all graphic-based and my design, obviously, as a fashion designer, like a lot of my work wasn't really graphic. It was more like sketching and making garments as opposed to coming up with designs on T-shirts. So, yeah, so I did six months there, then went from there to um, – went into retail and did uh, worked for four years for a French brand called Le Coq Sportif, I think. Most people would know that. They're, yes. they're a French brand. They sponsor the Tour de France. Um, global brand. And, yes, global brand. They sponsor the rugby for the uh, rugby, the French rugby team. They also sponsor the um, Renault for the F1. So quite big in, in France and also worldwide. Uh, yes, yeah, so I was there for four years. I worked in their retail shop, um, but then went from their retail shop, was also able to do a bit of buying for them because it was the one, the only store in Australia. Um, we were able, I was, I had that flexibility to be able to buy some of their stock based on what the consumers were um, buying. So that was really cool. I was there for four years on the shop front and being able to do like some of their um, buying, but also like 
got some really cool perks, you know, got to go to their like launch in their Tour de France stuff that was based in Sydney. Um, got to do a lot of their like fashion shoots that were around the models and that. So that was really cool. And then I guess that kind of led me to uh, my career now, which is now in buying. Originally started buying in, or if, it, if for those that don't know, buying, it's also called procurement. So did that. I'm doing that now currently, but how I got into it was through Lecoq Sportif. So four years there, then I went into a fashion label, did um, sports craft and um, crossroads, Rockman's. So did all of those guys for four years before I landed a, a job with um, an online retailer called Ozsale. Yeah, yeah. Yep, did was there for um, six months to a year. Um, didn't really like I loved it, what they were doing, but I wasn't realized that online wasn't where I wasn't my forte. I preferred something that was more hands on and to deal with customers and consumers. Tell us a little bit about what a day looks like for you in your current role. It starts early, you know. Um, we have you know our sales uh, meetings are always on a on a Monday, we have our sales meeting. Then um, we do promotions. So my work is predominantly promotion-based. So we do a lot of promotions. So we're planning promotions like eight weeks in advance. Uh, uh, sorry, not eight weeks in advance. We're doing promotions three, three months in advance. So we're, we're doing promotions, putting catalogs together, and then at the same time we're doing range reviews. So we're taking in products for the next, um, the next season, I guess you could say. And yeah, it's just an on, it's a, it's a backwards and forwards kind of role in the sense that you've got to be a people person, but you also got to be, um, uh, very good at negotiating. So, so yeah, so that's where I'm, where I'm at now. Um, it's something different to what I'd normally be doing. Um, obviously I'd love to go back to fashion, but at the same time of, um, got a new found love for grocery, food and grocery, and um, I work for the independents, so for all the IGA stores out there. So, yeah, it's, it's really good. Absolutely, and it's something that you, you might be able to go back into as well, fashion. You know, you've, you've certainly got, I think, a few more moves in your career um, still to come. So uh, we'll stay tuned on that. Now, the next one, we, 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 we touched a little bit on this in the last episode, but still um, interested to hear your thoughts on yeah, oh. how you balanced your work and your sport. So, you know, I, I guess there would have been some really challenging times, but how did you, how, how, what was your approach? How, how did you balance um, such a, a crazy schedule with all of your commitments? Um, as I said before, it was, I have to pre-plan a lot in, um, in especially in, in season. And I guess I'm really, I'm really um, lucky that, you know, my work is quite flexible with that, um, especially my managers. Like uh, I probably wouldn't be able to do as much as I do do now if it wasn't for the support that I get from my work. So that's been really important for me um, over the last few years being in the industry, in my um, career industry, about making sure that, you know, I'm able to have the balance between the two because it can be really hard when you come across, you know, work placements where they're not able to give you that flexibility but I'm really lucky in this instance that I've been able to get that with my current job so you know a lot of pre-planning a lot of um with that pre-planning it's a lot of also giving um notice to work like if I have to leave early on this day or if I need to 
start early so I can leave early or, you know, working around that, um, you know, work-life balance is what we try and call it at work. And um, I definitely I definitely think having employment and workplaces, being able to give you that flexibility helps a lot. And it helps lift a lot of the, um, a lot of the stress that you may feel, um, you know, from sports as well as, you know, you got your sporting on the Saturday, Sunday, or even sometimes weeknights, but then you've also got your on your training as well. So it's a bit of, it's a, it's a bit of a, um, it's a hard one to juggle, but it's not, impossible i guess you've just got to plan a lot that's the only thing yeah that's right you know the, the things that are hard it's often worthwhile and um yeah to your point it's important to surround yourself with um yeah just really really good people really supportive people and again to our listeners if uh, if you don't feel like you're being supported if you're not around good people um yeah maybe maybe that's something to look at because it is so important and i guess that now perfectly uh, segues us into um your advice so obviously you have been through quite a lot uh, throughout your career. Again, for those that um, may have missed our, our first part one of our one-on-one interview, uh, please go back and, and, and download that and have a listen as we as we step through your career. But what would your advice be uh, to a young athlete coming through? Um, it would be to go for whatever it is that you want to go for. I think if there was, if it was something that I had, if I'm going to reflect on when I was younger, I wasn't as um, outgoing or I was always hesitant around an opportunity. And over the years, I guess I've learned through reflection and obviously within myself is that never, ever take uh, pass up an opportunity, sorry. So whatever opportunity is in front of you, take it because if you don't, you're always going to regret it later whether it's your career or sport, that would be my advice. And to always listen to yourself because someone deep down inside of you is telling you that what you're doing is right but is also telling you what is wrong. That would be my biggest advice is to listen to yourself and never pass up an an opportunity in front of you. No, I I think that's really, really important because – I think in the world we live in, there's just so much head noise and self-doubt and, you know, can I do this? I don't think I can do this. I mean, the reality is, I guess, you know, until you go out and try something, you'll, you'll, you'll never sort of know. So you've really got to sort of fight your way through those demons and then back yourself. Exactly. And, and Pierre, I think that's what, um, what myself and what our listeners are learning about you is that you're able to knock down those barriers and just have a go. And Yeah, um, just have a crack. I think that's the biggest thing. I think, you know, it's typical Aussie and we always say it, give it like to all the people out there, just give it a crack because what's the worst that can happen? I mean, if you go down a path and of, that was a, that was an opportunity presented and it didn't go your way, well, at least you can turn around and be like, hey, I gave it a crack. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So 100%, give it a crack, give it a go. What's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah, absolutely. And, and then reflecting on, uh, I, I guess, your own journey, do you have any regrets or is there anything you would change about your sporting career? Um, I, I think at the time, to be honest, I don't really have any regrets in terms of sporting career. I think, you know, I wouldn't be where I am now had it not gone this way in terms of sports. I definitely think... Um, I'm happy that I decided to give Gridiron a go 
because if I didn't, I probably wouldn't be where I am now. Because if it wasn't for Gridiron, I probably wouldn't have taken the opportunity to go to rugby league or sevens. The only down. reason why, I, yeah, the only reason why I did those sports is to recruit more girls, and I ended up loving the sports anyway. So, um, no, I don't. I don't have any regrets, to be honest. I mean, yeah, no, none. That's, that, that, that's a that's a great way to live. And then have you? Have you thought about maybe some, some goals in that space as well? Is there anything that you're sort of looking, any boxes that you're looking to tick off or any goals that sort of come to mind when it comes to sport? Yeah, look, I would like to leave. Um, I would like to, I had a plan for the Northern Sydney Rebels. Obviously, in the first episode, we talked about, you know, how I started it. So, you know, my goal for, for Gridiron is to, when, obviously leaving the sport when I'm too old to play. Um, I would like to think that the sport is at a, a better level than where it was when we when we all started because I started a year after it had kicked off as a sport. So and that's like seven years ago. So I hope in the next couple of years, Gridiron New South Wales and Gridiron Australia is able to build on, on the current players but also um, look over to see the other sports like rugby league rugby sevens and um, use that to hopefully, um, you know, sustain the sport because it's still an amateur sport, still in its early days, even though it's been around for years. That's something that I would like to see for gridiron. Um, Absolutely. And also for um, Rebels is hopefully there's a team in the next few years. You know, you never know. It's hard hard to um, sustain the numbers too in, in Rebels. So, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think they're great goals, you know, trying to, you know, make the sport sustainable in Australia, I, I think is a big one. And obviously you've got a passion for your exactly. particular team to to stick in there and, and, and sort of fight through it. And I, I think we're coming through at a time where, you know, we're, we're, we're much more globalised now when it comes to sport. You know, I, I think, you know, you'd sort of see some grainy highlights about this weird NFL thing on the news potentially once a year, uh, whereas now, obviously, it's a gl- global game. People have all their sports in their pocket with streaming services. So I think the next generation coming through, uh, they're going to be, um, you know, into all kinds of different sports, and you just can't help but think that NFL it just it, and, and Gridiron, it just seems to be quite a good fit for young Aussies because we like that aggression, um, and then we also like the sweet science behind that one. It's um, It's a bit of a chess match, isn't it, out there? It is. It definitely is. And I think it's underestimated in Australia, that's for sure. I think everyone's all good and um, happy to jump in on the, um, what is the Super Bowl? Because obviously it's worldwide. Everyone knows about it. But I think there's a lot more people going to the Super Bowl that don't play the sport versus the people that actually play the sport. So. And I think, um, I think yeah. part of that too is the free wings that uh, a lot of the restaurants serve on Super Bowl oh, uh, on morning. So no, I, I, I totally, I totally get that. And yeah, we would love to see the the, the sport uh, grow. So I, I guess the next one is we're going to step into uh, our the, the, the sports network that, that you've that you've joined. So you think you can ball? Um, I, I guess you know to start with, what is what's the most exciting part for you in terms of coming on board? Oh. Exciting part. The best, I think the most exciting part is the fact that we're able to tap into um, a lot of topics that may not be discussed in other podcasts out there. Um, I think the other exciting part is the fact that um, we are 
normal people in the sense that, you know, we're not celebrities, we're everyday Aussies, just giving you another look or perspective in sports, in particular gridiron um, and NRL. Yeah, I I couldn't have uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, just getting that getting that different perspective on a, on, a, on a large number of sports, and um, yeah, hopefully we can offer something a little bit different as well. We've got uh, we've got exactly. a, we've got a ton of ideas for you guys listening. Um, get in touch with with some feedback as well. But uh, I think you'll enjoy what we've got planned for you, and with um, yeah, with remarkable talented analysts like Pierre joining the the network. Really, really excited to hear your thoughts on quite a range of uh, different topics across multiple sports. Okay, so speaking of multiple sports, let's uh, let's jump into it now. So we might start with uh, the NRL and Rugby League. Um, have you got a particular team that you follow? Um, I follow the Manly Sea Eagles. Good choice. I mean, it's my home. It's my hometown. Can't not, not support them. Um, I don't have... A favorite player. I have some. I have favorite players over the years. Um, growing up, I was a massive fan of Ryan Girdler for the Penrith Panthers. Absolutely loved him, and I also really loved watching Brad Fittler with the Roosters and Luke Richardson with the Roosters, as well as Minicello. Like I just loved like all the old boys from the Easts. Loved watching them. There's, uh, I, I think there's, there's a lot spoken about in terms of some of our, our, uh, our, our talented uh, modern day athletes. But for those that uh, know those names, go back. That's a, that's a star-studded crew. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about. So, so when did you uh, first start supporting Manly? Was that quite early on, being a, being a local? Yeah, it started off. I mean, you know, when you're on the northern beach, when you live on the northern beaches, chances are you're more likely going to go for your local team. And yeah, to be honest, learnt off my pop. My pop was a massive Manly Seagulls um, fan, and he still is. So I guess it just ran in the family. So Indeed. everyone just we all went for the for the Manly Seagulls. So yeah. And do you get that that sense that it's still a club where everyone hates you? You know that that's the old message, isn't it? That everyone hates Manly. Do you? Do you oh, still sort I think of feel everyone's that? still. Oh, hundred percent. Everyone still hates us. Everyone still hates us. And you know, you know, learning the history. I guess when um, now that I'm at Bears, I can totally understand um, as to why it went pear shaped for um, for both clubs at the time, but also why this there was so much hate towards Manly. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, the, the old silver tails, and yeah, look at yeah. You know, touching on the merger, obviously, um, yeah, you're heavily involved with the North Sydney Bears. It's um, it was just a, it was just an odd fit, you know. I, I think um, a lot of fans would struggle to even comprehend two modern day teams coming together. But you know, I guess they, they were two clubs that were polar polar opposites, and um, yeah, certainly the the, the Northern Eagles, uh, yeah, they 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 weren't successful. Uh, but no, um, they weren't. But um, yeah, it was um, it was an interesting conversation I was having with um, one of my teammates because and one of the club um, one of the coaches as well because I I guess when you're growing up you just follow the Eagles right you know the maroon and white you don't really distinguish between the two and obviously with the Northern Eagles coming into it I never understood why they changed their names when I was younger but I guess learning the history from you know the likes of Flo and some of the other um, Bears coaches, like, yeah, I totally understand why. 
Because, I mean, we would also have bonding sessions and everyone would ask, who's your favourite team? And I'm like, yeah, Manly. And everyone's just like, <laughs> full giving me the death stare. And I'm like, no, so wrong team. But, uh, not, not, yeah. you got you got to read the room. That, that the, the, I do, the yes. It's probably not a no. It's, Note um, taken. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, – no, and and so you, you spoke about some past players in in the manly in the manly side. Was it anyone in particular that you sort of enjoyed enjoyed following? Um, they were. I really liked um, the Stewart brothers. They were really cool back then. I mean, they still are cool. Really liked them, um, but they were really only my favourites. I think because they were brothers. Oh, I think because they stood out. Yeah. And now, I mean, now it's um, you've got the Trebovich brothers now, which is great. They're now at the Eagles, um, but yeah, so I question, think. Um, so, question on the Travoyevics while, while we're while we're on them, are the Travoyevics the nicest people in Australia and possibly the world? What well, What are your thoughts? From what I've been told, they're so nice. I mean, I've been told that both both of them are so polite, so lovely. I mean, I've never met them, but from what I've from some of because they're I think. Um, Tom's like a few years younger than me, and I have a few girl, um, a few mates that are playing in Bears, and I've also like had mates associated with him because obviously we're all from the local area. Um, and yeah, some of them I've not heard a bad bad word about them. So from what I hear from other people, they you know they're great boys. They're really nice and polite, and it's good to hear that they're still out in the community helping their local community from where they like because that's where they started, right? So it's, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I can't talk anything bad about them. I think no, they're awesome. No, that's right. And, and and the work they're doing is remarkable because what they're doing is they're finding the next Travoyevics, you know, and, and they'll come through soon. And, um, yeah, they've inspired a lot of people. But, no, they're, they're, uh, they're just an amazing family, uh, very talented, but, um, yeah, great. So talented. Great, great people. Okay, well, let's step into uh, one of our favourite sports um, here on the Sports Network, and that is the and that is women's rugby league. So, um, I guess this is going to be a pretty easy one for you. But what team do you support in those state competitions or the NRLW? But what te- what who is your team in women's rugby league? Uh, oh, I don't know. I think it's going to be really. Tough. You mean in the NRLW, right? Well, we'll start with the state competition. So, sure. is North Sydney Bears is is that? Uh, that oh, that's yours. One hundred percent. Yep. My team is uh, definitely the North Sydney Bears. We didn't make finals this year, but that's all right. We've, we're coming back better and stronger next year. The other team that I think um, that are the underdogs, and I think had the season progressed without COVID. Um, would have, would be the Helensburg Tigers. You know, they had the likes of Jess Sergis and, um, oh, gosh, what was the other? Oh, I forgot Jess, her name. Sorry. Jess had a remarkable season. I, I mean, it, it, the, the Tigers were a team that could certainly score some points, weren't they? Oh, definitely. And, do you know, and the best thing about it was that they had, this season was their first season in the game. And they came out of nowhere and they finished in the top four. Like, how awesome is that? Yeah. I, I definitely would have not thought that they would finish on such a high um, place on the ladder. But good on them. I think that's amazing. Like, it's great because, you know, some teams would have been stacked with a lot of well-known players, I guess you could say. And it's great to see um, another team out there with only a few. I mean, I'm not saying that they don't have good players, 
but they've got two well-known players in their in their team and even still have been able to get up into the top four. I mean, that's just awesome. Yeah, and it's I think re- that's great. It's remarkable, and, and it kind of attracts more people to the game because it shows, you know, you don't have to come in and, and spend 10 years before you can find success. You know, you come in, you work hard. And, exactly. You know, yeah, top four, it, it's absolutely remarkable. And, you know, for those that, uh, for those that sort of t- we touched on a little bit in the last episode, but tell us a little bit more about uh, the, the North Sydney Bears club that you play at. Um, you've got some, um, you've got some remarkable uh, teammates that you play with, um, a lot of talent, uh, quite a stacked roster there. Yeah, no, I mean, the Bears, um, yeah, absolute amazing team. I can't speak more highly of them, obviously, but uh, been there for four years, as I said previously, and, you know, we've had um, some we've had some pretty talented players come through our, um, come through the team and have donned the black and, and red. Um, but, you know, you've got players like, as I said before, Nita Maynard. I forgot to mention previously also Kira Dib. Like yeah. she is an absolute ball player. Um, really lucky to have her on the Bears, in the Bears. Um, you've got Shawnee Stowers. You've got Holly Wheeler, like I mentioned previously. We've had um, Georgia Hale come through um, this year. She played a little, a few games with us this year um, after her season up in Brisbane. Then you've got, we had Samama Tau from last year, and then you've got uh, like newcomers like Letty Sagano, who is an absolute weapon. She actually, um, I got her to play Gridiron last year, which I was so stoked about. I actually thought she was going to say no, but <laughs> when I asked her, she was keen to give it a shot, and she did, and she was an absolute amazing running back. But now that she's back in the league, she's doing so well. She's another um, player to watch out for. Renee Target, also another player to look out for. Also have another friend of mine who came through with me from Ferrets into Bears, who's also a player to look out for, which is Nicole Backhouse. She's been in the game for a number of years, but still hits like a freight train. Um, She's another player to look out for. Nicole is a walking highlights package, that's for sure. She's uh, yeah. definitely quite intimidating uh, from the defensive uh, yeah, from the defensive side. Middles, you've got uh, Lacey in the middles as well. She's a weapon. And then you've got um, Taylor in there. She's she's great as well. Yeah, I mean, all, I mean, I could sit here all day and go through all the girls no, that it's... are playing with us and they're just – um, amazing. They bring something different to the game, which is also something that's um, tremendous because you don't really find that often with teams. You often find them quite stacked in the in the like a few positions, but we've got a a good um, a good spread. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look that that's that's great, and we love to see the passion. We love people that. Um, you know, we, we 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 love people that sort of have those have those teams that they follow that you're a part of. Um, yeah, I know that there's a lot of uh, envious um, young female athletes that are sort of coming through that would, you know, one day love the opportunity to play at, at such a huge club like the North Sydney Bears. So, yeah, stick with it, keep training. Uh, you know, it's certainly possible. And um, yeah, uh, Pierre, that, that's a, that's a remarkable roster, and really looking forward to see what you guys can produce next year. Um, I think there's a there's a huge future at the club. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to it too. Looking forward to seeing the good, um, the new talent coming through too. Obviously, I don't know the full roster now, but definitely looking forward to what the team will produce next year. Yeah, that's right. You know, the athletes coming through, they're just, 
they, they just continue to take the game to that next level. So that's exactly right. So important to keep an eye on some of these younger guys coming through. Um, you know, sort of, yeah, some of the some of the younger women that are coming through, you know, 15, 16, 17, even from the touch background, they're just bringing a whole different edge to the game. So, um, yeah, let, let's, let's keep an eye out on that. Okay, let's step over now to uh, the NFL. Uh, do you have a team that you support in the NFL? I do. I follow the Seahawks. Um, Seattle Seahawks, which I followed for a number of years, purely because my cousin went for it. And I was like, cool, watch a few of their games and um, fell in love with it because of the beast of a running back that they had at the time. Um, Marshawn Lynch, beast mode, yeah. Uh, he is an absolute weapon. So, yeah, I haven't really um, looked at supporting another team, to be honest. He's made me stick with the with the Seahawks for that reason. I mean, obviously he's not playing anymore, but um, yeah, I follow and support the Seahawks and a favorite player. He'd be my favorite player, all time favorite player. I don't see anyone else run as hard as him, hit as hard as him. So definitely Marshall Lynch. Yeah, he was a, um, yeah, Marshall, he, he was, he was an incredible, incredible athlete. And the other thing too, is he had such a great personality, which is great to see. Um, I just marvel at someone's ability to be that productive, that athletic, but at the same time, sit on the sidelines and eat a whole bag of Skittles, uh, in the middle of a game. That is, uh, that is quite a, quite a huge talent. Um, and so what are your thoughts on your quarterback? So Russell Wilson. So, uh, for those that don't know, um, you know, he, he didn't have your traditional, I guess, um, start into the NFL. You know, he was a bit of a a sort of later draft pick. He he certainly didn't go in the first round. Um, Yeah, what's your thoughts on on, on your quarterback? Um, I think he's grown into the quarterback role, to be honest. Um, I didn't know much about him getting drafted that, like, so late, but seeing him now as a quarterback in the last year and uh, last couple of years, He's actually, um, yeah, he's done very well for himself considering the start that he had, like you said. Um, but I think he's come into the team and really um, commanded his role, in my in my opinion, um, and you can see that from last year. I thought the Seahawks did really well last year, especially with their offensive drives. They did really well. Um, I actually follow him on Instagram, and he's amazing. He's so amazing. He's so nice. He gives so much back to the community. And he works, uh, obviously, his wife is the um, gorgeous Sierra, the singer. But, yeah, they give so much back to the community. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's so important, all, all the charity work that Russell does, I think. Um, and, and I think that's a big part of it. And, and, and even when they're scouting, you know, they, I guess there's, there's, a, there's a set of rules for NFL players and then there's, there's a set of rules for the quarterback. And I guess when you're interviewing your potential quarterback, you're looking at the next CEO of a billion dollar company. So they just have to be, they have to have that character. And Russell has that in spades. And I just think that, um, yeah, for those, for those Seahawks fans, it's, it's, it's an exciting time because obviously they're pretty well known as a, as a defensive team, you know, they've sort of heavily relied on their defense. And I guess Russell's put his hand up to say, you know, now that a lot of those defensive players moved on, that he's happy to, to put the team on his back. And uh, I think we saw a little bit about that, last year and yeah it's certainly a, a remarkable talent he is definitely no absolutely well pierre we are at time once again so i just wanted to uh yeah thank you for um giving our listeners uh further insight into your background fascinating 
discussion um, and insight into yeah some of your earlier days, your trip and 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 your travelling and the time you spent over in Germany. And yet some of the amazing things that you've done um, academically and in your professional career. Um, super creative and uh, and and super talented. Oh, thanks so much, Dan. Um, And for the listeners out there, I hope you guys tune in for the next few episodes when we get to have Dan and one of our other co-hosts as well join. Yeah, no, thank you for that. That, That'll definitely be, uh, yeah, in the next few episodes. So stay tuned. We want to make sure we're getting, uh, yeah, all of the, all of the hosts uh, in the network uh, uh, interviewed so you can find out a little bit more us. So stay tuned. Um, yeah, download, um, subscribe the podcast. We're available on all platforms um, and make sure you tell a friend about us. Uh, again, thanks, Pierre. Thanks for your time. Thanks so much, Dan. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.